Welcome to the Teen Rockstar Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Naomi Nye, and I am obsessed with entrepreneurship. I have been an entrepreneur for over two decades with award-winning businesses here in sunny Miami, Florida, and I am looking forward to talking to our guests all about entrepreneurship. But first, I want to introduce my teen entrepreneur co-host, Dippin, take the mic. Hello there, people. This is me, your co-host, Dipin Dijon Uncut. I am the graphic geek and I have been freelancing from India with clients all over the world. Living the teenage life of awesome 18, I'll be joining Naomi in this podcast to sprinkle the conversations with my humor and knowledge from my experience. Shall we get started then? Awesome. All right. Well, let's get it started. If you guys want to start pinging some people while I start the conversation, I'm super excited that we are having season three. This is episode five of the Teen Rockstar Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Naomi Nye. I am a teen mindset coach and I am accompanied by my co-host Dippin. Hi, Dippin. Introduce yourself and uh, then we will introduce Dolly. Hello there, people. Hello there. How are you? And welcome to the episode 5 of Teen Entrepreneur Rockstar. Okay, I pronounced that wrong and I don't know why. I'm so excited right now and so thrilled to talk with Dali and with my hostess Naomi on this show. So let's get started, people. Awesome, awesome. I have so many questions I want to ask you first is why you became an entrepreneur or why you chose what you chose. So maybe just introduce yourself a little bit, tell everyone what, what you do, and I guess we'll just go with the flow and see what comes up first. Yeah, well, thank you both of you, first of all, for having me on. Um, and to answer your question, I became a parenting coach that specializes in bullying awareness and prevention because I experienced bullying throughout my life, especially as a child. And it really impacted me in in um, in ways that I didn't realize until I grew up, until I was an adult. And then um, my child was bullied when she started elementary school. She was five. She was bullied by another five-year-old who was being bullied by his two older brothers who were seven and nine. And, you know, I guess I just went into mama bear mode when the school and the bus driving company was not doing anything to make a safe space for my daughter and for the other kids that were in danger. Um, And I just did a lot of research and I just never stopped. Eventually, years later, because that happened when she was like five. And when she was around, I think, um, I can't remember, but um, she was older and she was a tween or almost a tween. I decided to make it into a pilot program only because my husband was like, hey, you really need to start educating people about this and get paid for doing it and you know when you're a a beginner entrepreneur you have feelings about that (laughs) you feel guilty because you're like oh but i did this for myself and yeah i share with people and then he was like no no but other people will want it and so i pitched my idea to a school district's family engagement center and i went to them because they're the ones who provide resources to the parents so anything that parents can use to help children thrive at school they usually have some sort of funding for that and of course um i went in there and i said hey i have this pilot program 
it's six weeks long and this these are the topics and one of the first things that they asked me was what is it exactly about who is it for and what qualifies you to be you know the expert in this and um you know as soon as i said oh i have a master's degree in women and gender studies they're like oh okay you're good <laughs> which surprised me um because um i thought they were going to require something else like maybe a degree in diversity and inclusion or something like that you know but um i had already presented some of my workshops individually to others and you know i told her that and uh, it was over the summer and you know what that summer i completely just did not think that people would be interested because summer is like who wants to get up that early right and um it was uh starting every morning every, once a week at 9 a.m and while it was for the parents they brought their children and i was so so surprised and it was packed it was like maximum capacity and i i included some books because i i love um that kids you know read especially when it's something that um can you know it just you never know what book is going to touch a kid with the right message and of course the love the schools love that because literacy is always an issue right so that's really how i started and and why i started that's amazing um and i always say that out of whatever you are experiencing in your life out of your biggest suffering like comes your mission and sometimes we don't even realize it and we take it for granted like for example like you right now you're thinking no i'm just doing something because it makes me feel good because i had a personal experience because my children are suffering through it but i don't want to profit from it or whatever but this is this is how it works this is how entrepreneurship and purpose works right it's finding something that we're naturally good at and doing it and sometimes it feels so easy for us that we're like nope this can't be it. Exactly. Nope. <laughs> yeah. So I love that. I love that. And so bullying is such a big thing. Uh, um, yes, go ahead, Dippin. Uh, no, no, no. I was just agreeing with you, Naomi. Like, bullying is such a big thing right now. And people need to talk about it. So let's do that. Yeah, I, I really want to talk about bullying because it really isn't talked about as much and it happens so much. It's over 50% of kids that get bullied and now even on social media, they're getting cyber bullied. I think it's like 36 to 42% of kids. So it's something that really needs to be talked about. What strategies, because you say you have a program, how do you help parents and how do you help teens when it comes to bullying? That's a good question. So I have different tools because not everybody learns the same. Some parents, because they feel very private and um, they feel like they want immediate help, uh, I offer coaching. So during there's two different types of coaching. There's the um, coaching where I will coach you through the reporting process or, or even before that, if something's happening to your child and you just have no idea how to begin, then you know they work with me, we work together. And we um, start implementing certain um, certain things like uh, how to respond to bullying while at the same time I'm educating the parent on what bullying looks like so that she or he can, um, you know, have uh, her eyes or his eyes wide open and, and notice the signs, um, how to help the child move past it during the experience and after the experience. And um, for those who are going through the reporting process, 
I pretty much, um, you know, review their the guidelines at their school, usually through the school handbook or the school's, uh, the school district's uh, website. And together we go over, you know, what the school says is uh, qualified as bullying and, um, and how to report it, um, what to include. And every step, I guide them like one parent right now. Uh, her, her child is uh, special needs and she got jumped at a high school. And she had already done reaching out to the principal, the teachers, not one person got to her had been at weeks. So I, I, you know, notified her the next step is, you know, this is what you can do next, go up higher. What exactly? Because knowing how to navigate a process uh, can sometimes be easy, but what to include that will strengthen your case Um sometimes it's very difficult. So while I am not a lawyer and I always tell them this is not legal advice, this is just what I have learned from speaking to educators and speaking to parents who have gone through this and doing my own research, that this is how you can do it without having to incur all those legal fees if you go the legal route. And um, so that's how I help the one-on-one coaching. Then there's the uh, six-week coaching which is where I pretty much go over a certain topic, like, like say, cyberbullying. We start from, like, what is cyberbullying? Um, how do I identify it? How do you stop it or prevent it? How do you report it? Because it's so different than reporting, you know, other types of bullying. Also, the legal rights. And, we, and, and uh, for the most part, I kind of know most of the laws that exist in different states. But, you know, depending on their state, I will go in and make sure that I cover that area. Like, this is what I know about your state, right? This is what uh, your state says about bullying. And um, this is what you can or cannot do. And so it's very in-depth. And I like that format because I give them access to a course that we're pretty much doing together. Once I go through the whole thing with them for the six weeks, they still have access to that course. And I implement, um, I provide them with guide sheets, with cheat sheets that they can actually even use to print out and kind of like play with the kids, And but they're learning at the same time. Um, and this has actually been used by teachers because of the activity sheets that I that I provide. And I provide like sample templates on how to fill out the reporting, you know, the incidents. Um, And I provide different lists of books that they can read with children because bullying awareness and prevention education is not a one-time thing. It's not a once in a school year thing. It's not even a two times a school year thing. It should be at least a monthly conversation. And I find ways on like, if I'm speaking to, let's let's use Ali because I know Ali has kids. If Ali tells me that their kids are really into Pokemon right now, or or let's say no, what what's what's popular right now? <laughs> I can't even think. There's so many things. Oh, Squid Games, right? Squid Games. There you go. Is, oh my gosh, yes. And I'm so outdated so too. <laughs> Squid Games is a huge one, and it is so inappropriate for children of a certain age, but children are watching it. So then, you know, we can use something like that and have a conversation about why it's good for us or why it's not. And in almost every single show or movie, you can always find somebody who's a bully. (laughs) It's like, it's always there, right? 
So then I teach them like, you know, in this situation, in this episode of Squid Games, you can say, hey, what did you think about that episode? What, you know, I read that what that person did is called emotional bullying. You know, just conversation, making it, you know, not so like uh, this is a lecture that we need to sit down and have with you. That way they are more interested and they're engaged in the conversation. And um, yeah. And then at, like for the parent that just cannot afford to work with me with the course or coaching, I have a workbook that has pretty much everything, but much more condensed. And of course they don't get the one-on-one, they don't get the opportunity to ask me specific questions, but those are all the ways that so far I work. And then lastly with schools, I go in uh, when they, they hire me so that the parents can come into their school and get a workshop from me live, virtual or in person. And uh, the school decides what topic. And I have a ton. I have over 20 workshops, topics and courses. So I stay busy. <laughs> I see that. And I, I don't even know where to begin. The first thing that I want to say is I cannot wait for the day till these programs are a part of the school program like self-awareness, communication, for example, anti-bullying accompanied with maybe like, like gratitude practices, um, you know, teaching life skills. These are the things that we need to succeed in life. And one, you know, that I appreciate what you do because it is so needed. And, and so I see a future where this will be the norm. But for the parents that are listening and for the teens, I want to break it down like a little simple so that they could have a couple of guidelines. And then Dali, we will also add some links if you would like and give some free material for the parents and also we will put your links so if they want to contact you any parent who is having trouble with their teen so i want to start first with helping the parents see the sign of when their teens are being bullied or when they're having trouble could you explain a little bit what that looked like so that the parents listening can have an idea oh absolutely so i'm not going to give specifics depending on the type of bullying because it can change but there's a blanket like you know, a generalized idea of what you should look for. Now, every parent knows their child pretty well, right? You know what's normal. So as soon as you notice a mood change, something that is off, it's time to start paying more attention and asking questions. And sometimes, you know, direct questions scare kids. So there's different ways to ask it so that they don't feel like you're invading or like being over overprotective or anything like that. So for example, if your kid um, has like five friends and suddenly they're not speaking to any of their friends or one of those friends is cold turkey, just not in their life anymore, you know, ask, is anything going on? How's so-and-so, you know, are you guys going to hang out? You know, just to find out maybe there's something there, maybe something happened, maybe somebody got bullied, maybe somebody got hurt, maybe they were abused somehow, or maybe it's just friends just deciding to part ways. Um, the other one is when you start noticing your child's always say on Snapchat and suddenly there's no activity on their Snapchat. Something's going on because kids don't just cold turkey social media, especially Snapchat (laughs) or, or things like, um, Instagram. They love their social media. That's how they connect with people, right? Or they're not texting and say, the little chime goes off on their phone that a message came in and they're kind of like jolting, like startled something's going on. They should never feel afraid. You know, maybe they're being cyber bullied. Maybe somebody's exploiting them. 
maybe somebody's harassing them um, and it's time to ask questions. Or if you notice that you give your child, um, say, like a new pencil, especially the younger ones, right? And then you notice that that they don't have their pencil anymore. So you give them another one and then they don't have that one again. And then you give them another pencil and then they come home and they're like, oh, um, it's always like, oh, I lost it. Or I let somebody borrow it, but I didn't get it back. Or, oh, I must have, you know, dropped it somewhere. Uh, ask questions because sometimes kids are getting bullied and, you know, bullied by, bullied by their possessions being damaged or, you know, taken away or um, hidden. You know, that's a form of physical bullying. So when people think of physical bullying, they think of getting punched in the face or kicked or something. But sometimes it's damaged or um, in access to your your property. Um, it can even be uh, blocking your child's pathway to get to their classroom all the time or uh, blocking them from accessing, I don't know, like the lab for a homework assignment or the library or being intimidated to not enter the library because somebody might be there. So pretty much anything that is off that is not normal for your child. It's time to ask questions. And like you saw there's specifics like the jolting or, you know, um, being sorry goes off or, you know, missing items. Or sometimes it could even be like their, their clothes are torn up for some reason. And they keep saying, oh, I was playing soccer, but you know your child doesn't play soccer and or hates soccer, you know? So I hope that answers your question. I could go on with way more examples, but <laughs> no. yeah. Uh, Dippin, go ahead if you want to say something. Oh, yes. Like, I really wanted to take on this topic because I, myself, the teenager, regrets it so much that my country is lagging behind. Like, the whole world is lagging behind in this, that schools have not started taking the lessons or the particular necessary steps to stop this. Because... When I was like two years back, when I, I was in like 10th grade, I felt what it was like being bullied because I well, I, I had a first hand experience of it. I'm 18 right now. I just finished my school and now I'm about to get my bachelor's degree and get started on it. But yes, I knew how it felt, how lonely I felt when nobody talked to me, like all the cool people, like the cool people I'm saying it in quoted words, they left me alone and like all the people were saying like trashing me when I was reading book instead of playing any sport. Why? It was my personal choice to choose books or sports, which became a crime for some reason. And yes, I was ignored and I was trashed and all that, but I regretted it because I had nobody to talk to my parents didn't understood what I was going through because they never had experienced anything like that. And, and I knew that they would never understand it. And my teachers and my friends, like I had no friends at that time. And my teachers were saying, like, don't care about those people. But at that time, I didn't understood that word about caring. because I, It felt so hurtful to just be ignored. And it is so yeah. true. Like, and I encourage the people who are listening to right now, the parents, the students, like talk to someone, like even if it's your friend, even if it's your teacher or your siblings, just say it out. 
that you are having a problem. It's okay to have problems. Nobody is perfect. Not even me, not even Dali, not even Naomi. The people who you are talking to right now, nobody is perfect. It's just a matter of talking. And also, like Dali, I wanted to comment on the step like you took. It's all about taking the step. Like when you didn't know, like doing this anti-bullying anti education could be something. Like you took that step. And it's it's the same thing for entrepreneurs. You need to take the step and then only you will know it. And yes, with that, like uh, this is my follow-up question for you, Delhi. Ah, like how what kind of bullying did you experience? Like would you like to share it with people if it's all right with you? And how did you overcome it? What what were your oh, steps you. at that time? Thank you, Dipin. Before I answer your question, I want to go back to what you mentioned about your experience. Uh, only because a lot of people don't realize that what happened to you is called social bullying. Uh, and you probably received emotional and verbal bullying if people constantly called you names or said things to you. Because a lot of people think that verbal bullying is when you call somebody an a-hole or the b-word or you know just some bad word but it's sometimes those aggressive behaviors against you and the under on the what is it backhanded compliments and those indirect remarks right because they diminish who you are like you start thinking less of yourself you start wondering what did i do to receive this type of treatment and they also isolated you from your own school community and or whatever other community so that is called social bullying and sadly a lot of parents undermine undermine or underestimate how impactful that can be to your mental health i mean sometimes people cope by studying really really hard because they're like well what else should i do i have no friends they won't speak to me but others they seek other ways of um of solving or or dulling the pain um but i you are very courageous you overcame and um you know you don't deserve that a lot of people really really don't understand that something that seems so simple like it's nothing can be so detrimental and now to answer your question, the, what I received um, of bullying was mainly a lot of racist bullying because I came to the United States at the age of seven and a lot of children thought I was too different. So I got called derogatory names uh, because, of, you know, I'm, I am Latina. And um, imagine this child being called the N-word and you've never heard it before. But you know it's bad because of the tone, and then um, and, and nobody explained to you how to respond to that. And I remember one day I was so sick of it, and the girl called me the N word, so I called her the N word back, and I got in trouble. And we had a sit down with the principal. I'll never forget this. And the principal, a white lady, she turns to me and says, "Why did you call Calandria the N word?" I said, "Well, she called it to me first. And she said, do you know what that means? I said, no, I really don't know. She's been calling me that over and over and over, and it doesn't sound good. And I got tired of it. And um, I'll never forget Calandria's reaction to that. It was like a shock to her that I had no idea what it meant. Um, but in my mind, it's like, how could I know? You know, like now that I, how how do immigrant kids get taught what they should or should not know, you know, and that's used against them. Um, I was bullied a lot for my appearance, which is actually worldwide. Um, it's how it starts. 
it's actually the number one reason why kids get bullied. And when I say appearance, meaning I wasn't wearing the right clothes that America, um, United States kids, you you know, wear the trends in it. I, I knew nothing about Nike, LA gear. Okay, I'm old. <laughs> I came here in the 80s. LA gear was hot um, or, or any of those brands. And I remember uh, Yadira Lopez, um, she was my other bully. And she constantly would like comment and like pass by and look me up and down and say, hmm, you know, secondhand clothes, huh? Or like little comments like that. So I always felt very less than because she wore colorful, bright stuff and they were always new and super clean. And you could tell they were like super new, you know, because they hadn't been scuffed or anything. The shoes were just pristine. And then um, I also had to learn how to speak English. So then Latinos and everybody else would make fun of my my accent and ridicule me and make me feel like I was stupid. They're like, oh, you know, like you're so dumb. That's not how you say it. You know, like you're never going to learn stuff like that. And I remember even remarks about me being poor because I was in a low income uh, area and they would make mean, horrible jokes about me and my clothes and how poor I was um, and uh, um, also my skin color I, I remember it got so bad that I wish I were white I remember thinking oh if I were white this would not be happening to me if I you know if I were white I wouldn't have to you know listen to all these people say those horrible things and then I even kind of blame my parents I was like oh if my parents had more money if my parents this, if my parents that, it's their fault that I'm going through this. You know, I was just frustrated and didn't know how to deal with it. And I never, ever told my parents because one of the things that my dad specifically used to say, which is a cultural thing in many, many cultures, not just Latinx culture, is he would say, if you come home with your butt whooped, I'm going to whoop your butt because not in those words, he would curse, but you know, his um his lesson was you know beat the heck out of them do what you got to do to defend yourself and i'll be proud of you but if you don't i'm going to teach you how to do it by doing that to you and i remember thinking well that's whack i'm never going to tell my parents my mom never really said anything against that so to me that just implied that she agreed so i never told anybody and um it got better until the end of eighth grade and in high school, thank goodness, I found a group of really good friends. It was like six of them that included one of my sisters and they they pretty much carried me throughout the rest of high school and they really helped kind of like reinforce that, hey, you're not stupid. Hey, you are really pretty with your brown skin. You are good enough. You're, you know, everything that all those kids had said to me for years. And they were like, your English is really good. Look, you learned it. You don't even have a heavy accent anymore. Um, so yeah, it was crazy. And, and it, it felt like it lasted an eternity. And then I, I endured some bullying in the military, which is a totally different thing. It's more like workplace bullying, but that's what happened to me and that's why i feel so passionate especially when i volunteer at schools and i see things i'm always watchful i always observe and that's something i've done since i was little i like to watch people because if i watch them then i know what to expect from them and how to protect myself from them 
And um, that's what keeps me going, no matter how many principals tell me, oh, you know, we're good, we don't have a bullying problem here, or, oh, the parents really don't want that. And then I asked them, well, did you ask them? They're like, well, they haven't brought it up. So I'm like, but did you ask them? Did you ask the parents, do they want this resource? And they say, you know what, um, we'll get back to you. I'm like, oh, so <laughs> it's exhausting. But I know parents want it. I, I've spoken to them. I've, they've hired me, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm Sorry, I was, I was, I didn't know I was muted. Um, one, I don't even know where to begin because I feel like I resonate so much with your message. I grew up Latina. You, you know that I, I grew up Jehovah Witness, very strict parents. And then I grew up with a club foot. So I was having surgeries like every other year till like I was 13 years old. So I was constantly made fun of. And my father, because he was Jehovah Witness, he wouldn't let me wear tight clothes. So although he would let me, because I grew up in the 80s too. So I would wear the Vidal Sassoon jeans, but they were like 20 sizes bigger. I, I remember I had to wear a belt just to be able to keep them up. And I would get made fun of so much. And as Dippin says, for a teenager, there could be no worse experience and you feel so, so alone. And I love what you said. And I want to touch up just a little bit on that. Because when we think of bullying, we think of something literal, like something like physical, like something like, like you said, like violent, like it has to be this certain like verbal language that has names. But I love what you said about social and emotional bullying, about manipulation and about <clears throat> control and about intimidation, because this is so subtle. And this is what a lot of people do. And they don't even realize that this is manipulation. But anything that makes you feel intimidated, anything that makes you feel less than anything when you're being and, and I want to touch up on frenemies because I've also had that uh, the frenemies where you know they'll make fun of you and then they'll say oh I'm just kidding but they'll say that little sarcastic remark and it's paying attention oh, yeah. to paying attention to those things and to the parents I want to say one thing before we continue because I really love what you said Dolly because I used to get in trouble for that like if I wore some new clothes and I got trouble, I, I got like pushed at school and I would get scratched and like my, my jean would get torn. Like for example, when I would get home, my parents would not ask me what happened. They would just beat me. And so I want all parents to hear and, and to pay very close attention before you jump to any conclusion, before you go talk to your child, ask questions, ask questions. Absolutely. Try to, yeah, try, go ahead, go ahead, Dolly, please. Yeah, actually about that, that's horrible that you had to experience that from your father, your mother and father that they whooped you instead of asking questions first. This is something that I tell my kids. And if you're listening, if you have really little kids, it's a good practice to tell, always tell them, if you always tell me the truth, I will work with you and I will respect you for it. And, you know, uh, but if you lie to me, not only will that be super disappointing, you know, because lying is not good, but then I won't be able to help you as well because, you know, you, you lose that, uh, that trust. So I think that that's one of the key things that has helped for my kids for the most part, because they do lie to me <laughs> still for, you know, they're 13, 14 and 15. But for the most part, I've, I've been very impressed that they have told me the truth about some of the worst things that they've done. And I look at these kids and I'm like, wow, kid. I don't know if I would have been able to do that myself as a kid because my parents were scary, but they also never welcomed me to, they never 
introduced it like that to me, right? They never said, hey, even at your worst, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to protect you. I might be disappointed, but I will help you. You know, we will correct this. Um, so my heart goes out to little Naomi because you just absolutely did not deserve that. And um, yeah, I'm glad that you shared that example because it happens almost daily in schools where kids, something happens to them, their clothes are tore up and then they go home and they, the parents ask when, when they do ask and they say, oh, I just fell. It, and yeah, they fell. So they're not really lying, but they're not telling the full truth too. And that can happen for such a long time. And it really, really, you know, little kids, even kids, if you notice, under the age of three, they actually feel um, a little bit embarrassed. And then as they get a little older, by the age of five, they have learned what shame is. So don't don't think of little kids not really understanding what those feelings are, because they may not have the words to those feelings, but they definitely feel them. Yeah, we're losing you a little. I, I think you said they might not have the words to the feelings, but they are obviously feeling it. And and I love that you said that because that is the main problem today. And this is why I love talking to parents. You know, parents come to me and say, well, my kid is having these behavioral problems and it all stems from this. As youth and none of us as human beings, none of us come with a manual, right? So imagine a teenager that is going through this experience, the frustration he feels when he cannot put into words what is going on. Because again, like we said before, communication, bullying, life skills, none of these things, resilience, courage, speaking up for yourself, boundaries, standards, none of this is taught at school. So how do we expect our youth to get on life if we don't teach them these skills? So that's the first thing that I want to say to parents is please talk to your children. Like Dolly said, if there's anything that is important is for you to be able to keep those lines of communication open. And unconditional love is unconditional love. And this is what unconditional love means. It means that sometimes, like Dolly said, you're going to adore your kids, but they're going to do really crappy stuff. And you're going to be believing like, oh my God, I can't believe you did that. But understanding that that is part of the process of youth, right? And not making them as the bad person, but acknowledging that the action was wrong and then helping them through the process will help your child better. So I always want to say that to the parents about the, keeping the lines of communication open. And before I continue with the second question, and then I know that Dippin's going to want to get into the entrepreneurship part, I want to thank everyone that is here listening. And if any of you, because I know that Ale and Stephanie are parents, uh, Alan, welcome. Uh, if you want to come on and have anything to add to this conversation, we would love to have you. But the one thing that I, I want to say before we go on to the entrepreneurship aspect is, Dolly, for the kids now, now that we've we talked about the parents and helping them how to handle it, when it comes to kids, you know, since they're not taught these skills in school, none of us really know how to speak up for ourselves. And what you said is so important about the feelings of shame. There's actually levels that we go of development mm-hmm. through our brain from the ages from zero all the way to 18. And there are studies that have shown that by the time a teenager finishes high school, when he starts in kindergarten, he has a high self-esteem. By the time he finishes high school, it's gone down to like a three or four. And it has a lot to do with this. So this is why we're having this conversation today. 
because it's so important. So now for the teens that are listening, Dolly, let's say a teen's being bullied, just like your daughter was being bullied. What simple things can you say right now that will help them get through whatever it is that they're going through right now? So that's a great question because bullying starts really low. So the confidence is really high when it's low. And then in middle school, it peaks really high. And um, especially sixth graders, because they're the newbies, they're the ones starting to feel all the changes in the body and they're trying to find themselves. And then Mm -hmm. it dips down a little bit in high school. Um, The first two years of high school are easier Mm -hmm. um, with bullying. And then as they get a little bit older, Uh, their confidence actually drops because they start kind of like fearing, oh crap, I'm going to go out into the world very soon. Um, And so, yeah, during that that middle school year, the best thing that you can do to that child is say, hey, first of all, you're not the only one. Middle school is really tough. You're going through a lot of changes. Always tell them, I love you. And you have every right to feel the way that you feel. So you have, you've got to validate those emotions because they really are valid, no. right? Like um, and if they're being bullied, of course, no. find out the details. Tell them to share. And when they're sharing with you, please, please never, ever say, are you sure that's what happened? Because the moment you say something like that, you are, you are pretty much telling them it's in your head that really didn't happen. There's so many parents that say that if they mean well, um, because sometimes they think, well, my kid's always very sensitive. Or just even if um, if you say things like, well, you know, you are very sensitive. Are you sure that's that's how he or she said it? That's invalidating what experience they have they've had. So the experience doesn't have to feel real to you. It has to feel real to your child. That's what really matters. So listen to them and to acknowledge their pain or fear, whatever it is they're feeling, instead of saying those, you know, like what I, those examples I just gave you say, you have every right to feel that way, or I'm so sorry that you had to endure that, or, um, wow, I can't believe that that happened to you, you know, comments like that. And then Mm -hmm. let them know that you're there to help. So tell them I'm here for you. And then the next question is, how do you want me to help you? Because a lot of times we know how to help, but it's important to help a teenager because teenagers, um, they know the person that they had the, the conflict with. Right. And they, they know that if, if mom goes down to the school and starts telling stuff to the principal, then that kid might retaliate and make things huge or maybe they're part of a gang and you know maybe that's not the best way to handle the issue um but then your child might say i want to file a police report because this has been happening for a long time and you know i think that because they're affiliated with these other kids that's the best route listen to your kids even if it sounds crazy to you just listen to them and then if you think that it is not a good idea, whatever it is they propose, share your ideas and say, hey, can I can I share my ideas with you just in case you might like this one better? And they'll most likely say yes. And then you, you can go ahead and share your idea. And, you know, what do you think? And you can together make that um, decision and, of course, implement it right away. The other thing, too, is record everything. I don't know, take a journal, go buy one of those 99 set, you know, notebooks. 
uh, or uh, open up something on your notes on your phone, but document it with dates, times, everything. I actually provide a free bullying uh, incident report template that parents can use because sometimes we forget to collect certain information. Like what, what platform did this happen on? Did it start at school and then go on to cyberbullying? Or was it at a party and then it went on to the school? You know, like who was there? Um, maybe you don't know the exact date, but it was the day that we had that trunk or treat. Or maybe it was mm -hmm. the day of the uh, back to school night, you know? So you don't need like, you know, September 11th, 2020, you know, uh, or um, sometime, you know, like at, if you don't know if it was at p uh, uh, 1 p.m., maybe you can say right after lunchtime <laughs> on the day that we had the assembly for the anti-bullying program, <laughs> you know, some sort of reference. And this is how I help parents, right? I help them go through that template and say, okay, and sometimes they get so stuck because they're like, oh, my gosh, this happened to my kid. So I help them, you know, get all that information. So that's you showing that you love them, you. that you're interested in hearing their solution, that you validate their experience, that you're going to advocate for them and that you're going to work to create that solution. And you're going to respect what they ask you or how they ask you to do it. So that it, that really helps also like build that trust and bond with parent and child um it's really powerful so that's that's what i would advise i absolutely love it and it's so true i always tell this to parents and it's exactly what you said you know sometimes as parents you know we think i'm the grown-up you know i know better but what we forget is that even though this is a little person this person has a personality has talents has gifts has their own characteristics their own beliefs their own standards you just don't know it you know and we need to treat children like little people that we have relationships with and if you had a relationship with an adult you would not say oh don't be a sissy or oh come on toughen up or invalidate them because i love that you mentioned that if there's anything that children need is to all of us as human beings one of our six needs is belonging we need to feel validated and secure and it doesn't matter how bad your child is being bullied if your child knows that at home he has a safe space that he feels validated listened to and loved believe me he will be able to overcome that challenge. And now I know Dippin wants to ask you a question, so I will pass the mic on to Dippin. Hi, yes, 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 yes. Dali, Dali, you are amazing, right? Uh, Anti-bullying, it is a very rare topic that people discuss about, and us talking and discussing this right now, it is the best thing. Like, I was so excited right now. <laughs> like, uh, you, you saw that, like, I couldn't even pronounce the Teen Rockstar Entrepreneur podcast properly. <laughs> and <laughs> thank you <laughs> and actually like i wanted to say that like bullying that i experienced in my my time and in, in my school time it actually helped me to become a better person like i at that time like i was a, such an introvert i couldn't talk to a new person that my friend was talking to and i would be like okay yes hi nice to meet you and that's it i wouldn't say hi properly also i learned that over the period of time and especially in the lockdown when like literally i realized that like i have no friends to talk to other the cool friends that i talked about like they were all hanging out at somebody's place and like they were enjoying night outs and all that i had no one so instead i turned towards my real friend that now i call youtube 
<laughs> and started to learn about this etiquettes and the graphic designing like i'm a graphic designer right now and i specialize in brand creation and content creation and i learned that during the lockdown now i have friends like i have real friends uh in foreign countries like in us and canada in germany in russia and all i learned that because of that because i was bullied i didn't know how to talk and lockdown came i i i got curious and so i started learning about all of these things like uh, designing talking like talking to clients landing clients which provide me with those skills like when i joined the clubhouse like i was like how i typed in youtube like if i had search history i typed in how to talk to people on clubhouse that was my search <laughs> on on youtube i searched this exact same, same sentence because i didn't know how to do that nobody taught me and nobody was supposed to taught me because my environment and my culture is not like that i i wasn't raised to do something what i'm doing right now even hosting a podcast even doing anything that i'm doing right now so yeah that is helpful like i took it positively and that's what i wanted to suggest people like every negative you know, emotion we me and naomi talked about this like every negative you know, emotion that we call negative is not supposed to be always negative like even envy even jealousy you can take it all positively it's just about the right mindset and that's what everybody says you all the successful successful people say it's all about the right mindset and yes like dali i heard you mention like you are bullied in military like uh can you talk a little more about that like can you tell us about what your background in military is like i am curious on that yeah. Yeah, thank you for that question. I served in the military in the US Army for 10 years and um I became a leader and I went up the ranks very quickly because I luckily I had a mentor who pretty much told me like, "Hey, if you do this, you're going to go up the ranks really fast." And um you were I was actually um I found out later I was actually recruited to specifically for the job that I did which was a mechanic on the tanks and all of those war fighting vehicles um because I am a woman and for being Latina and uh, I didn't know that at the time that the recruiters were recruiting me for that reason and uh that reason was because they needed people like me to go into that field because um whatever quotas they had to meet and also because they saw more latinas enlisting in the military so i served the purpose of filling that quota and also for becoming a mentor to the new latinas and um you know women who were coming into the military and that was really unique and you know most people would think well you know they really didn't want me but you got to see so, the silver lining right um the the good thing about that is that well yeah it was in a way discrimination i guess for a positive thing um you have to make the best of it and i mentored as many girls as i could now remember i re- i didn't really understand why they had done that until one day when these two female soldiers came in so you pull people and my chief said hey these two girls um 
they mentioned that they were living in the country and they never learned proper hygiene. Can you have the talk about how to use, you know, feminine hygiene products and how to put them on and how to dispose of them? And that was a shock to me because it never dawned on me that, you know, girls in the military would need that type of um, assistance. And so I remember having that talk with them. And some guys resented that um, for being a woman, I I did those things that were kind of admired by some people. And also the fact that I went up the ranks pretty quickly. A lot of men resented it because I am Latina. I was young and, um, uh, and a woman. Um, my very first job was in South Korea and I walked in with my battle buddy. Her name was Tamara Jenkins. And both of us walk into our bay, which a bay is really a huge garage where cars, where vehicles are fixed. And our our soup, our main our manager was uh, a guy who was on on his way to retire. His name was Sarn Sarn First Class Foster, and I don't ever forget his name because the first thing he said when we walked in was, "What the f are these effing females doing in my bay?" And that was in 1998. And my battle buddy and I are like, what the hell did we get into? <laughs> and uh, the guy who picked us up was a sergeant who was extremely drunk. Like he couldn't even walk us down to our base in a straight line. And I and we were noticing like all of these things that men were doing and getting away with. And then here was our manager saying these things about us. And I remember him also saying like these females will never touch a tool. And I was like, what the heck? How is that? We're mechanics. That's what we train for. And he said, what they'll do is clean up after the men and they can go ahead and clean up the latrines. Latrines are bathrooms. So um, I was pissed. And another female from another shop witnessed what happened. I'll never forget her. I wish I could remember her name, but she was a black uh, woman and she comes over and she's like, hey girl, what he's doing is effed up. Like you need to go to EO. And I was like, what exactly is EO? Because we got, we got that training in basic training, but you have so much sleep deprivation that you don't absorb everything that they teach you. Right. So she explained and I was like, okay. And she's like, you really should consider, I'm not telling you what to do, but that's one. I'm just letting you know. And I sure did. I went and I spoke to the leadership who was again, men, um, the Lieutenant that was in charge, a white young man, pretty much told me, well, we looked into it and you know what, he's got three more months left. So just wait it out, right out, he'll be gone. And I was like, oh, hell no, um, that's unacceptable. How could you How could you tell an employee to just suck it up and wait until it's over? Um, and right after that happened, my warrant officer, who's an officer, um, who I'll rank my manager heard about this and usually warrant officers kind of like don't meddle into the management part of people but he um, he kind of rescued my my battle buddy and I he I, you know he was like what did they tell you and I told him write it out for three months he said nah f that you're gonna become my driver uh, and the whole point of that was to just get me away from that man because he saw how he mistreated us and I, I became his driver for the next three months. Um, so I didn't get a lot of on hands-on training at my actual job. Um, but, um, and that was when I was like lower ranking, right? Um, then 
you know, that that happened and time went on. He left. I actually got to work, you know, like I was supposed to. And then years later, when I made rank, um, I became a sergeant, then people were really like trying to push me to be the leader that they felt I needed to be, which was aggressive, to be little people, to demean them, um, to not show empathy. And I just refused to be that horrible person. So um, I... I got reprimanded a lot. I got a lot of uh, assignments that were meant to be punishment. Um, I was always having to advocate for myself as to why I did not deserve the uh, evaluation that I wanted. And I always somehow advocated for myself because I had my mentor. And he was like, F that. You're going to go back and tell them this. (laughs) So, yeah, that's pretty much how my bullying experience in the military happen and honestly the job itself in the military is usually really easy it's the people that make it so exhausting and that's actually why at 10 years i decided to just i just ended it because i was so emotionally exhausted and i still have some trauma from some things that (laughs) because 10 years of hearing you're not good enough and and being humiliated publicly it really does something to you so even now i have nightmares of that happening these certain events happening over and over and over and it sounds stupid but it's something that i deal with and it has impacted me as a as an entrepreneur today but i you know i i work through it i i love that you're saying that and it's so true people don't understand trauma and that the scars that we wear sometimes internally are deeper and the wounds are bigger and if you have been treated for a certain amount of time of course, you're going to have certain experiences and it's going to take a while for that trauma to release and for you to build yourself up. And another thing that I want to say to parents and children that are listening, because Dali was talking about the military and Dali, you're saying people in the military uh, make things difficult. <laughs> That's the whole thing in life. Yeah, it's, it is. <laughs> it's relationships that make life difficult. This is why we need to work on becoming better communicators. And in this case, we're talking about bullying and we're talking about relationships with family. I know that we can go on forever. I know you have to be somewhere right now. This uh, interview has been amazing. I could have asked you a hundred more questions. I want to thank you so much for what you said. And one thing that I just want to leave out, like Dali said, for example, uh, her boss that was picking on her. You know, sometimes people pick on us and abuse us because of their own deficiencies and because they see our qualities and they feel threatened. But as human beings, because we're comparison creatures, we think that there's always something wrong with us. So I just want to keep that open so that that you can become aware that usually hurt people hurt people. So even when we're talking about bullies, there's always something going on. Keep that in mind. And the most important thing is to believe in yourself and speak your truth. Dippin, do you have any closing words? Yes. I like, I, this topic, can go endlessly it's recurring and people can have debates and like they can write books over it which will never end because it's never going to stop we know it we can try it's just like racism it's never going to stop even if we try but that's only we can do we can try we can at least make environment around us a bit more positive than it was before just by trying just by giving it a chance to change. And that's what I want to end this conversation with. Dali, you are a real inspiration. You are doing an amazing job on an amazing subject. And you are an inspiration here. 
So people, taking bullying is not always negative. You need to talk about it. Of course, you need to talk about it to your peers, to your friends, to whom you trust the most and whom you think can help you for real. Talk to them and try to understand like people can go through it and can become very much successful even going through that phase. Whatever phase that you're facing right now, it is bad. I can understand. It might be bad. It was bad. We don't know because we can never be you. You can never be me. You can never face what I face and I cannot face and even, you know, experience what you experienced. Keep up. It's life. It's going to happen. So let it happen. Let it flow. With that, Jali, I want to thank you. Thank you for your inspirational words and thank you for doing the good work. Thank you so much. Uh, I dropped the mic too. Thank you so much, Dali, for this amazing conversation. And to the parents listening, we're going to be adding some of Dali's information so that you can have it, the free guidebook that she said. And we're also going to have her contact information if you are going through any of this at home or you feel that your children are being bullied and you're not getting through or you don't know what to do, then you know the right person to contact. Guys, I want to thank you so much for joining us for season three of the Teen Rockstar Entrepreneur podcast. We hope you have a blessed week and we will see you in the next episode. You just heard another episode of the Teen Rockstar Entrepreneur podcast. Stay tuned for next week's guest. Talking and see you next time, guys.